Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bradcakes and football! That's what Maryland does! This is Dirt and Spray. Are you a big man? Pop! I'm talking to you! What? You wake up in the morning, you start putting on my big boy pants. You buy a little jacket, you go. You take your lunch because you got big boy pants on. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. I can say big loud things. I can be demonstrative. This is how you conduct yourself in a democracy. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. We want to look to the future. We've got to tear down the past. Babe Ruth was nothing more than a fat old man with little girl legs. The Fan. I want it all. All right, welcome back in hour number two. Dirt and Sprague here, your international trade experts. <laughs> Any other trades you guys want to ask about? We know. We know the that on my resume, man. Uh, by the way, the Whelan family, the Marine that's uh, still over in Russia, they have released a statement. They said, we are extremely happy that Brittany Griner is going home. She was wrongfully detained, and we're happy that the U.S. made a deal that in, that basically involved her coming home. That's incredibly classy on what is, I'm sure, a very difficult day for them. It's probably not great. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson has a new coach. Have you seen this? I have not seen this. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm reading something old. Never mind. I don't want to get to that. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes you scroll Twitter. It's the worst (laughs) thing ever. I I did want to get to this. I took this in my show notes. Um, We had a transfer yesterday from Mississippi State. Did you see this? Yeah, this one one rubbed some people one way or the other. People either loved it or they were uh, disgruntled that it was a player pushing back against his head coach. Really? Yeah, I saw even the old Mississippi State coach, Dan Mullen, jumped in on this. It's like, this is a really bad look, young man. Well, I, I guess I'd ask, why is it a bad look when his coach is coming out and saying all kinds of things? I don't know the answer to that. I tend to think it's funny. If a coach can say whatever he wants about his players and alligator arms and call them soft and worry about the future of society because kids these days, I, I think a player should be able to respond back in some way, shape, or form. Well, yeah. I mean, we played the clip a few weeks ago, and we had a lot of fun with it, but we played the clip a few weeks ago where he basically said his players just want to sit under a tree with their fat little girlfriends and drink lemonade. Yes, that was the famous coughing incident of Mike Leach at Mississippi State. Well, Dylan Johnson's a running back at Mississippi State, and he said, thank you, hashtag Hail State forever. And he has a post of himself next to some words that say, uh, first and foremost, I would like to thank God for giving me the opportunity to showcase my talents at a college level. Without him, I am nothing. Secondly, I would like to thank my family and friends for the endless love and the support they have shown me throughout the season. To Mississippi State University, my teammates, trainers, amazing fans, it's been an honor to participate in this program with you all. Together, you guys have helped me build my character and skills tremendously. With that being said, since I am not very tough and Leach is glad I am leaving, 
I will be entering my name into the transfer portal with the hopes of finding a home. Uh, more fit playing environment for me. Thank you. And since I am not very tough, and Leech is glad I am leaving. <laughs> Can I just make a, a note of this first? The phrase, with that being said, can we just get rid of this? Where did this come from? When did this start? Every single transfer note includes that phrase. Because they, they go <laughs> on and on and on in the beginning. Because like, they're usually thinking family, friends, and God. Which, I, you know, hey, I get. Can we just do like, hey, family, thank you. God, appreciate you, dog. Friends, teammates, love you. Fans, cool. I'm transferring. <laughs> I would like somebody in a statement to write, hey, God. That's my dog. That's my dog. <laughs> me, me and Jesus are dogs. You can't, spell, you can't spell dog without God, right? That, yeah, 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 that's very true. I just I, Every time I see one of those, I chuckle because it's this long list. Nobody ever reads the entire thing. When I see an organ player that's transferring and it's like five paragraphs long. You don't read it? I don't read the whole thing. Mm. There's that funny uh, graph of, or a picture of the somebody responding via text like, I'm not going to read all that, so you know, good luck with that, or I'm or sorry that happened, or condolences. <laughs> like I'm, you know, I, I don't got time for this, man. That's way too long. I'm just looking at the end. What's the last paragraph say? Are you staying or are you going? I I find this hilarious. Mike Leach takes shots at his players constantly, and I, you know, th- there is an aspect of him that is funny. There's an aspect of him that is entertaining. He's a good football coach. He's won basically everywhere he's been and had decent success everywhere he's been. But I, you know, I remember saying this uh, earlier this year when some of the stuff was happening with him at Mississippi State. Like, if you're a Cougar fan, I imagine you're kind of happy that you don't have to deal with that headache anymore. And then him walking around on the sideline and folding the chairs and throwing them to the ground and calling his players, you know, questioning the the downfall of society because kids these days can't put down phones. And this he wants to take shots constantly in in the press. Like, as, there's a difference between doing things privately behind closed doors and a meeting with your team or a player. When you do things in front of the press, and I'm imagining he's telling this kid, hey, I don't even want you to be a part of the program anymore. I love that the kid responded back. Good for him, man. Uh, What do you make of Jackson Smith in Jigba, the kid who set the Rose Bowl records last year against Utah? He's been banged up this year, and he announced that he's not going to play in their playoff game since Ohio State kind of just lucked and rolled right into the playoff. He announced he's not going to play. This led to ESPN's Todd McShay. To then basically say out loud, I'd love to see him play. NFL scouts want to see him play. Uh, And a lot of people think he's healthy enough to be playing. Scouts are frustrated. They want to see what he can do on the biggest of stages. Uh, He says, I've got news for every prospect out there. NFL teams know. They know what you had for lunch last Thursday. They are going to know if you're healthy or not. And if you are healthy enough to play, you need to be out there with your teammates and playing. You know, he he also says he's not sure if this is going to help or hurt his draft stock. It's not going to affect it at all. Well, but he's basically suggesting that this is not a good look for him to be doing. His dad caught wind of this, and his dad did not take kindly to it. As he shouldn't. His dad said, I was with my son yesterday for the first day of rehab, and seeing his limitations for myself gave me peace and our family's uh, choice to get my son healthy. Encouraging him to play would be selfish and abusive. I'm at peace because I know he's in the right hands for recovery, and so he is saying that he's trying to rehab and get right, and Todd McShay suggesting on national television that he's choosing to sit out and not play, and he should be playing because NFL scouts want to watch him play. <laughs> this, is, this is that time of year where I just I, I despise stories like this. This is why you got blocked by Kirk Herbstreet. There are folks who want to levy accusations 
or make statements about players that I just I don't think is true. Going back to that one, for those who don't know the story, it was when Oregon was playing in the Vegas Bowl, and Kirk Herbstreit questioned Royce Freeman's toughness and his leadership because he decided to not play in the game. And he was a guy who was a four-year starter at Oregon, went through different head coaches, went through coaches getting fired, the staff that recruited him being gone, ups and downs. Like That guy went through a lot. He was an incredible teammate, and he decided in his last game, a game that didn't matter, he didn't want to play, and yet we have to question his toughness, we have to question his character, because one game at the end of the season that means nothing he didn't want to be a part of. This is a different situation, but to levy accusations to that level, where you think a guy is faking an injury because he's trying to protect his draft stock, That's a really slippery slope, man. He has only played in three games this year because of a hamstring injury, and I tend to trust the family on this. I think a lot of these kids are competitive. He played in the Rose Bowl last year. He didn't opt out of that game when a lot of his other teammates opted out. If this guy was 100% healthier, there was no risk of further injury, I don't think he's going there. But what did we see last year in the national championship game? Jamison Williams tore his ACL in that game. And did he end up playing this week? I know he was finally cleared. I don't know if he ended up getting any reps or catches. I didn't look at the Lions box score. But I know he's he's just now getting to the point where he can help his NFL team. Now, he still ended up getting drafted, and he's having an NFL career. But for a lot of these guys, if, like, if there is any chance that you could have some sort of serious issue that comes from playing on a hamstring injury that, again, has only allowed him to play in three games this year, I don't blame the kid at all for saying I'm not going to be 100%. I don't want to be a, distra- a distraction to my team, and I'm not going to be there. And for Todd McShay to question that and this, to you know have these ulterior motives from NFL scouts wondering if they're you know he's just choosing to not play, I think that's incredibly irresponsible. Well, his brother, I guess his brother plays in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. He he took to Twitter with a quote tweet of the video and said, if he was healthy, he'd be playing. Like what? We're not protecting our draft stock. They know who he is when he's healthy. Yes. You're sorry, McShay, and so wrong to be on TV making these false claims. This is kind of what you, you talk about this time of year. I mean, this is kind of what you get. I saw him sitting out, and I thought he was just choosing to sit out, and I thought, oh, I finally got a player that's just like, yeah, I don't need to play in this playoff game. I'm good enough. I'm going to get drafted. Shady yeah, I knew he was hurt all year. It was, I mean, it shows how deep that wide receiver room is, that he was the guy that set all the records in the Rose Bowl. And coming back this year, it's like, ah, oh, we haven't even really needed him, and we're 11-1. and one. Yeah, also, I don't know if McShay's in a position to be calling guys out. There was a dude that couldn't work on Bristol campuses and stuff for like a year for certain reasons. Yeah, there's something there, too. So, like, if you're not the greatest teammate in your work life, like, (laughs) I don't know if you should be going on TV (laughs) questioning people's health or not. You know, he might not be hurt. He might just be honestly Uh rehabbing some banged up injuries and getting ready for the draft. I personally don't really care all that much. There. I saw what he did in the Rose Bowl. That was enough for me to know he was a good wide receiver. I don't think NFL scouts care at all. I think this is the most overblown thing that we can talk about every single year around draft season. They want talent. And once you get to the NFL, there's not many guys that aren't hungry or don't want it or don't work hard. Like, we went through this with the Blazers draft with Shaden Sharp. There was a lot of people that said, wait, you're going to draft a guy seventh overall that refused to play college basketball? He's not a competitor. He doesn't want to, you know, up his game. Like, there were all those things flying around. How could you draft it? Rev- Why didn't he play? Why didn't he play at Kentucky? Right. It's worked out pretty good so far. He seems to be competing when he's on the floor. Seems to have a little fire in his belly, right? So maybe playing, not playing one season in college basketball didn't determine who he's going to be in 15 years in the NBA. This dude is a stud. He is a monster wide receiver. He has been projected all year basically to be a first-round pick, and I don't think that's going to change because he's deciding to not play through a hamstring injury in this game. Uh, coming up next, we've got Tua versus Herbert Sunday night, a look back at their draft and how everybody wants to comp these two 
uh, what we're going to get as well. We'll talk to Zach Krantz at 7.30, but I want to talk about this game, and we'll do it next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We'll talk with Zach Krantz down in Miami. Big Miami Dolphin Charger game. The game of the week. Back-to-back weeks, the Miami Dolphins game of the week, but it ended up, I wouldn't say Dolphins-Niners was the game of the week. It's, it'd be funny to like go through and say, what's the game of the week to us? And How then, many times does it fall short? Yeah, and see what ended up being game of the week. Like Rams-Seahawks was just as entertaining as Dolphins-Niners, and maybe even more because you got DK versus Ramsey. Yeah. Late touchdown by Geno, who is having... Dan Orlovsky yesterday on NFL Live has a great blurb. I, they may have tweeted this out. But it is one of my favorite shows to watch every single day during the week, NFL Live. He went into a thing about Geno and how Geno is doing things like he's he's in a lot of categories, in a lot of ways, Geno's second, third, fourth best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I, I know we've brought it up before, but what the Seahawks choose to do at that position this offseason, is he going to get an extension? You have to. You have to. I don't know how you have any other choice. You have a top five pick that you're going to get from Denver and with Geno Smith playing this way, you can add maybe a key defensive piece that clearly needs some help on that side of the ball. I think they feel pretty good about where their offense is at. Their offensive line's been good. Walker, I know, is banged up. Other running backs are banged up, but he's had a good rookie year. You got two good wide receivers. Like, you feel good about where you're at offensively. You're a couple of pieces away defensively, and I would use a top five pick to go address that. Because his, you could probably get him in like the 35 a year range. And you comp guys who make more than that, his stats are better than almost all of them. They are. And you also have the option, too, if he is going to ask for too much and maybe a number that makes you feel uncomfortable and you're saying, hey, this is only one year, we don't want to commit long term, you can franchise tag him. I I hope that – I mean, I wouldn't blame him if he did do that, but, like, there's a part of me that hopes he takes 
a certain amount because he fits really well with what their offense is. His he his skill set is really good in that offense. He does, and it's hard to find better targets than <laughs> Lockett and DK Metcalf. Well, and you brought. I mean, the game of the week ended up being Cincinnati Kansas City. I thought that game was good. To the, the, the you know. Rematch of the AFC Championship game last year. And this high could, stakes game. High too, stakes yeah. game. It was tight. You know, Bengals coming back in the fourth quarter. There's always nuance to this, though. It's what I like bringing up. Like, Miami and San Francisco on paper look like a great game. By the time Sunday rolled around, San Francisco was one of my favorite bets because the Dolphins were playing without their two starting tackles against the best pass rush in the arguably the best pass rush in the NFL. Now I didn't think Garoppolo was going to get hurt, but that lessened my excitement completely. Tua struggled and was really bad for like seventy five percent of that game. Some of it was on him, but some of it's also the fact that when you don't have your starting right tackle and left tackle and Nick Bosa's running down, you know, breathing down your neck, that's not a very comfortable place to be as a quarterback, and you're going to struggle a lot. And so when you don't, when you're not, you know, fully healthy and neither team ended up being for that game. It kind of zapped some of the energy from it. Uh, Bill Barnwell wrote a really good piece on these quarterbacks that were in the same draft and Tua and, and Herbert. It's it's become a thing. It's Tua, Tua and on is a thing on Twitter and <laughs> they'll defend them to the death and Charger, Herbert, Duck fan, hybrid, whatever that combo is, they go to defend Justin Herbert. As you've mentioned before, Herbert's dealt with multiple offensive line issues. He's lost his targets in a lot of games. His numbers have dipped. Barnwell has an interesting blurb about that. He talked about the play calling by Lombardi and said a lot of people blame everything on Lombardi. And he goes, well, some of that is true. It's also fair to just point out Justin's numbers have not improved the last couple years. They've either been stagnant or, in this this case this year, they've dropped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, again, some of this is context and injuries and you know inconsistencies at certain positions, play calls, etc., but he goes through and he breaks down all four of these. Hertz, Herbert, Tua, and Burrow from that draft. And it's interesting going through and you read all about those four, and then at the end he redrafts them. Ah. What do you think the order is that Bill Barnwell redrafted these guys? I mean, imagine Burrow has to be number one. Burrow is number one for him. He cites what his weaknesses are, but he says it's Joe. He's modern-day Joe Cool for a lot yeah. of people. and He's a winner. I mean, look, you can't quantify that through an actual physical ability, but mm-hmm. whatever that is, he seems to be pretty cool under pressure. I did enjoy people pointing out uh, uh, because there was another argument from Emmanuel Acho about how Joe Burrow's the new age winner and all he does is win. That's all he knows how to do. And it's like, well, I mean, he had a great year last year. We'll see. Maybe they get back to the Super Bowl this year. But we've seen quarterbacks win at a high level and then maybe not sustain that success. And people pointed out, you know, the Chargers played the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. Herbert led a game leading touchdown drive with less than two minutes to go. You know what happened after that? The Chiefs are the Chiefs. And they scored a touchdown. Joe Burrow led a go-ahead touchdown drive with eight minutes to go in that game. You know what happened after that? Chavez Kelsey fumbled. His defense held them to zero points, and they won the game. So it's funny. Sometimes it takes teams to win. Uh, I would imagine you go Burrow one. If I were drafting it, I would go Herbert two, Jalen Hurts three, and two of four. You are incorrect. Barnwell re-ranks them as Burrow one. Hurts two, two a three, Herbert four. Oh, okay. I was a little surprised by that. I am incredibly surprised. Bill's by that. a very context individual. He's one of the best analytical, I think, deep writers that is in that industry. And I, I read almost everything he puts out, and I, I was surprised by that. Now, he's talking. I mean, it's basically the slimmest of margins we're talking about here. And all of them are having, I mean, Herbert's numbers are down from where they've been, but all of them are having really good years. Tua's had a monster year in his turnaround this year with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Jalen, uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't really need to be 
explained. We've seen what the Eagles have been and what he's been with A.J. Brown. Mm -hmm. And Joe Burrow and the Bengals are starting to figure it out. His sack rate has gone down since week uh, three or four, I think he puts in the article. He got sacked 13 times in the first two games, and since then it's been pretty solid. And Barnwell also points out one of the weaknesses for Burrow is... His, his He takes sacks. Yeah. He's not as mobile, so it's and I know he's more mobile against the Kansas City. He's, he's slower, and so it's harder. And there's been examples where he's gotten sacked, and I think a lot of us watch that game and go, God, that offensive line. You just clock it out. It's He's taking sacks. He's, he's taking too long to release the football. That's dropped uh, pretty decently, I'd say, in the last, like, six, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an interesting dive in, and I, I'm looking forward to this game. I, I think on paper this is the game. It was flexed into Sunday Night Football, and – here come the Dolphins without their offensive linemen. They just signed uh, what's-his-face that was from Kansas City. Oh, yeah. uh, Teron Armstead's been yeah. hurt. He lost his other tackle, and we saw what that was. Uh, what happened there with the Niners' pass rush. And so we'll see if the Chargers get to them uh, with their guys on on the edges. But I'm looking forward to this matchup between Turbert, uh, Tua and Herbert. Yeah, I, I, look, you know me. I'm always going to defend Herbert. I, I think some of the some of the knocking of him this year is is comical to me. Uh, I, I think when you look at the context of what has surrounded him, he is down to one starting offensive lineman. He has had to play essentially the entire year without two of his starting wide his top two wide receivers. Mike Williams has played in what two games? Came back, played a game, got hurt again. Keenan Allen has been out of the lineup for most of the season. He is number four in passing yards in the NFL, Herbert, that is. Do you know there's not a single Charger player that ranks within the top 30 in receiving yards in the NFL? Like, this, this is the context that I like to provide. Are, are you arguing, and I, and I hate doing this because what Tua is doing this year is an awesome story. He's the leading vote-getter for the Pro Bowl. Like, that's amazing. That is so cool. Imagine telling people a year ago that Tua was going to lead all NFL players in Pro Bowl votes. You'd, you'd laugh at me if I told you that a year ago. We didn't. Nobody thought he was a starting, starting NFL quarterback a year ago, and he's totally turned things around. But I think when you look at the context of if you, if you put Herbert in Philadelphia— are you arguing that they would have a worse record than they do right now with that offensive line and A.J. Brown to throw to and an elite defense surrounding him and a good head coach? Are we arguing that Philly wouldn't have that record? If you put Herbert with Mike McDaniel throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill downfield, are you kidding me, to Jalen Waddell? And I know their offensive line is banged up now too, so two is going through what Herbert's had to go through most of the season. Are you arguing Miami would not be better with Justin Herbert? Like Some of this stuff, I, I don't disagree with ranking Joe Burrow first. I, I look at if I am evaluating which one is the best quarterback, which one of which I most want to have, I have to kind of rule out the fit and the scheme and the system because I think a lot of guys could succeed in Philly with the talent that is on that roster. And I think a lot of guys could succeed this year in Miami because Mike McDaniel's a great coach and he's throwing to the best wide receiver arguably in the NFL. If I so I can I can kind of understand if there's somebody hearing you say this, I can kind of understand like, okay, there he is with his duck glasses on right now. Can you flip those other guys, though, and put them in the same situation as Herbert and you could see them having success? Not maybe win-loss record isn't better. Maybe it's 6-6, six and six, maybe it's 7-5, and five, whatever. But, like, if I put Hurts and Tua in the Chargers situation... Are you telling me they're, like, 9-3 and three this year? They're not 6-6, six and, six, no, and I don't buy that. I'm asking, can they have as much success or even statistically be... I guess I'm asking for... You obviously love Herbert. I, I root for Herbert, too, but he had a great career at Oregon. I'm asking if... It feels like you're kind of suggesting they're a byproduct of their situation, not so much that it's them. Yes. And you don't. I'm think- not arguing it's completely the system, but I think for young quarterbacks, 75% of your success level is what surrounds you, what's the talent around you, who's your head coach, what system are you playing? Like in? if I put Jalen Hurts in LA. 
I don't. Are, we're not having an MVP conversation around Jalen. Are the Chargers six and six? They might be six better? and six, but we're sure as hell not having an MVP conversation around Jalen Hurts. And if if Tua is playing with the Chargers this year, with the wide receiver injuries and the offensive line injuries that they've had, there's there's no chance we're having the same conversation about Tua. Uh, Zach Krantz hosts a radio show in Miami. We'll get his thoughts on Tua, the Dolphins matchup this week against Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. We have a lot more to get to as well. Ken Barkley at 8. Uh, the Pac-12 commissioner says their media deal is going to get sweetened because of Deion Sanders being hired. Do you buy that? Uh, we've already got a media exec coming out and commenting on that, so we'll get to that at some point. Other football notes as well, maybe even a little baseball. Xander Bogarts is on the move. Uh, Zach Krantz joins us for the Daily Ticker. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents The Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a, what is today, Thursday? Today's a Thursday, right? It is Thursday. Yeah. Right, on a Thursday, brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company, born to the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Let's talk to our buddy Zach Krantz down in Miami, at Zach Krantz on Twitter. Give him a follow there. Let's start with the most important question of the day, Zach. Grade the trade. Victor for uh, Brittany Griner. <laughs> wow, that's a tough one. I'm going to give it a C- minus uh, at this point. Uh, I mean, listen. I'm glad Brittany's coming home. That's fine. But when I found out what this guy's nickname was, <laughs> you made me think twice about making that trade. Uh, unless you got a compensation pick later on, you know, in a couple of years, I think it's possible we might have lost that one. I, don't quote me on that, but it's possible. Uh, I think we're getting cash at a future second-round pick in 2027. There's a player, oh, a player to be named later. Yeah, if I don't know the details. In that case, I'm going to go from C-minus to C-plus. Uh, Zach, where are you at this week, man? We just talked about Barnwell wrote a really good piece on redrafting the QBs from their draft with Tua, Herbert, you know, Jalen Hurts, and Burrow. And we're talking about this matchup this weekend. What, what What's the buzz down in Miami? We know it boils down to defense and playmakers, but it's Tua, it's Herbert. Where are you guys at with this one? 
Yeah, defense has to play better for the Miami Dolphins. That's first and foremost. Uh, and the run game needs to, to, to come back a little bit. Perfect way for a get back, uh, you know, into the run game playing against the Chargers right now because they're, I think they're giving up 150 plus a game uh, rushing that defense. But you're right, it's Tua Herbert. That's the storyline. That's why Sunday Night Football has these two teams playing in the prime time. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tua, the past two seasons didn't look like the number five pick overall in the draft. Mike McDaniel has come in here and has went with the opposite of the old man coaching approach and went positive reinforcement from the second he got on that, that jet from San Francisco to come down to Miami to take this job. He was on a you know, FaceTime call with Tua. Tua, you're my guy. You're my guy. He didn't know how it was going to start with this, how the offense was going to look with Tua. It has looked really good. Tua's looked good at, at, you know, for most of the season. He had a rough one last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because for, for a quarterback to have a rough game, you'd think they threw four picks, didn't hit the 200-yard barrier or whatnot. Tua went for 295, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Yet he had a quote-unquote bad game. And, and I'll be the first to say, that first pass, 75-yard touchdown to Shearfield, and I thought, oh, boy, here we go. This is going to be fun. And then the next six passes looked like I was throwing lefty. You know, uh, you know, to, to, to somebody, and I don't know how to throw left-handed. So it was bad. It looked really bad. He ended up having a, a pretty, you know, a non-tour-like game so far this season. But yeah, that's the storyline. Uh, redrafting, yeah, of course. I think if, if you go back and you say Burrow was, you know, I don't would Burrow still be the number one overall pick? Would Herbert jump him because of what we've seen from him? The only difference with Herbert is his team's not winning and hasn't been to the playoffs. Yeah. And you know, Burrow got to the Super Bowl with the Bengals. And if you would have told me that would have happened in the first couple of years of Joe Burrow's career, I would have laughed at you at that point. Um, I thought that Justin Herbert got put in a much better situation, even than more than Tua at that, you know, when he was drafted, getting to the Chargers and seeing the playmakers there. But the way Tua is playing this year, I mean, he was in the MVP discussion two weeks ago and had a bad game and might have jumped out a little bit. But down here in Miami for this game this week on Sunday Night Football, this is a must-win game for the Dolphins. And we haven't had a must-win game in December for Miami since probably my bar mitzvah. It's been that long since it's happened. Uh, so I'm excited. I just I can't believe we're in December. We're talking, and you got me on to talk Dolphins football. I already think I won. I'm already the winner. Love Zach Krantz as our guest. At Zach Krantz on Twitter down in Miami. No, you mentioned Tua having a rough game last week. Like, there's always context to this. And I, I hate that a douchebag like Emmanuel Acho has pitted Tua against Herbert and made, like, Oregon people want to root against Tua because people think Tua is now better. It's like, this is stupid. Tua is a great story. He's a, he's the leading vocator in the Pro Bowl. This is awesome. I'm happy for him. And he didn't have his two tackles last week. Like, what do you want from him? Let me ask you this, though, on Miami. Where are you at on them as, like, a, a, a Super Bowl contender? I know their defense is had issues this year. Run game maybe not quite <clears throat> as dominant week in and week out. Can they win the AFC this year? Uh, it's going to be tough, uh, but I do think there's a chance, but but only with one caveat. And you're almost going to – you kind of mentioned it a little bit. If Teron Armstead is healthy the rest of the season, Tua plays the way he's playing. Because when Teron Armstead's out there, the Dolphins have a bit of a run game, and it's pretty good uh, with that run the, – the zone and the scheme that Mike McDaniel has out there. Jeff Wilson Jr. has been in that scheme. Mostert's been in that scheme. And when Jeff Wilson Jr. got traded, even though Bradley Chubb played that day or that week, I thought Jeff Wilson Jr. is a great addition to this team for a number two guy or a 1B or 1A, whatever you want to look at Mostert and him. Can they win the Super Bowl? I mean, can they win the AFC to get to the Super Bowl? I would think there is a chance. The difference is you got to give me Armstead the rest of the year, and I need to have Miami 
beat Buffalo next week, win the AFC East, and actually host some games. Because if Miami has to go to KC in January or Buffalo in January, that's a tough task for anybody. And Tua, unfortunately, he has not played well in cold games. He had a very bad game last year in Tennessee, but it really was on the line to get to the to hopefully get to the playoffs. So we'll see. This is a big test uh, coming up. Maybe not Sunday night against the Chargers, but hopefully we're not. You know, the Dolphins aren't flying into you know whatever that snow thunderstorm hurricane <laughs> tornado they had a couple weeks back uh, to see Tua the way he plays there. But that's going to be a test. Him playing. He's got New England. He's got the Jets. He's got Buffalo in our division. We're going to play cold games every year. If he struggles in cold games, Dolphins are going to struggle down the stretch. Uh, Zach, I, I'd ask you how surprised you've been with the impact Mike McDaniel's had, a first-year coach. Hey, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and my co-host was like, yeah, you give him a lot of credit, that organization. I like, And he kind of lucked into this. They were forced to kind of hire him. The Brian Flores lawsuit, they were going to do the Brady-Sean Payton thing. They hire McDaniel. Nobody's really like excited about that because nobody really knows his name. How? Uh, what have you taken away from Mike McDaniel so far? Shocked because the approach was totally different than anyone who's followed the NFL and followed football has ever seen. This guy came in and after two would throw three bad passes, two bad passes. Guy would drop a ball and miss a tackle. He'd walk up and say, it's going to be all right. Just do better next time. That's not the NFL coach that we're used to. I'm used to Ditka and these guys and even Brian Flores coming down here trying to be like Bill Belichick. That's what I'm used to as, as someone who's watched and covered the NFL for so long. I'm not used to the positive reinforcement guy. I had no idea what to expect from him outside of the offense should be better because this guy is an offensive-minded coach, so I can't wait to see what that's like. But then again, there were questions about Tua. You weren't really – you didn't really know what. I mean, you should have seen the text messages as we began the season, uh, you know, about Harry Potter, our new head coach, Harry Potter, and what's going to end up happening with him, and can he, can he be a magician? You're laughing because I'm doing the same thing in the beginning. We're doing shows from training camp, and we did uh, – an interview with McDaniel the day he got the job and he had his big press conference. He sat down with me and my co-host Joe Rose for about 35 minutes. And that's not normal either for a coach to give you that much time, especially on day one that he takes the job. And I think we asked four questions in 35 minutes. I think he gave like four nine-minute answers. And at that point, I was like, wow, this guy is analytical as it gets. He really thinks about everything he's about to do, percentages, this, that, you name it, he does it. I didn't know what to expect. I am pleasantly surprised because his number one job, I'm assuming in the, in the interview with him was, Tua is our quarterback, how can you fix him? And he came up with some sort of an answer and said, I've seen tape on Tua, I know what I can get out of him, he is our franchise quarterback, and he got the job that way. I did not expect Tua 12 weeks later, 13 weeks later, to be possibly in the MVP conversation having the season he's having. Missed a couple of games, obviously, because of injury, and you don't know, and he's fragile, I get it, and that's his biggest knock. But, man, I did not know what to expect from Mike McDaniel, and I'm really happy he's the coach because it's different. But, guys, it's working. And unless it's broke, don't fix it. Yeah, it's such a cool story out of the NFL this year. I, I will ask, too, uh, we're kind of radio Eskimo bros to a certain extent because we used to interview Mario Cristobal every week, and you got that honor this year. What, what was your experience like interviewing Mario every week this year? Straight to the point. Uh, doesn't want to BS. Better get, you better have a question lined up with specific details. Otherwise, you're going to get an answer straight out of the book of coachisms. Uh, you know, like that's just going to happen. But, but listen, by the end of the season, I was just happy he was kind of showing up for those interviews because he took it, but he was straightforward. Towards the end of the year, he basically told us, guys don't want to be here, they could leave. 
They want to get in the portal. See you later. There might not be room for everybody who's on this roster on this team anyway. And it's showing because it looks like there's going to be, by the end of the portal kind of thing down here in Miami, between 20 and 25 guys that are in that portal and not on this team anymore. It's going to be a brand-new-looking team. But, yeah, those Mario interviews every Monday, when they had a bad loss, like that Florida State loss or even Middle Tennessee State earlier in the year, boy, I was not looking forward to those 12 or 13 minutes with Mario because I had no idea what to expect. Plus, I'm not even sure to this point if he even likes me. I don't know if he likes me or not. I just hope that he can deal with me. He's known my co-host, Joe Rose, for a long time. I'm kind of the new guy in the situation, and I had to ask some of the questions that the new guy doesn't want to. But I got through it unscathed. I'm okay. Like I said, not sure if he likes me or not, but we still do the interviews. Uh, I will tell you right now, Zach, we're going to let you go, but I will tell you, he doesn't like you. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. I, I just I want you to know I was I was really happy and proud for you. You guys getting through this season, we interviewed him in like nine and three seasons, and that was hard. I can't fathom what he was like this year. And so congratulations for, for surviving radio uh, host Hellscape. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I take that as a badge of honor getting that from you guys. You guys are my boys. I appreciate it very much, So It was not easy. I got through it. Uh, I'd like to thank my mom and my dad for getting me into college and helping me out there. And I have a lot of other people I can thank, but I know that we're running out of time. So I'll just thank Mario. And I can't wait for year number two, Mario. Let's go, coach. <laughs> Zach Krantz is his name. At Zach Krantz on Twitter. Go give him a follow on the Joe Rose Show, 560 WQAM down there in Miami. We always appreciate the time. Have fun on uh, Sunday night watching this game. Should be a good one. And hopefully we can do this again soon. Anytime you guys want, you know you guys are my brothers up there, and uh, considering we do have that Mario Cristobal connection, we're connected for life, boys, whether you like it or not. You're going to have to love me forever. <laughs> I love it. Great stuff from Zach Krantz down in down in Miami. Uh, hopefully the audio – I mean, I don't know how to tell with audios and can you hear and can you – yeah, I don't know. I was confused. Hopefully it sounded good. Yeah, I was confused because I – my headphones are turned up probably a little higher than most, but he came on and I thought he was hot and Swag was shaking his head and I asked him what. He goes, I turned him up as loud as I can and I thought, I thought he was too loud. So am I wrong? Was that too quiet for you? I don't know. I, we had one listener say he's hilarious and another listener said, I can't hear the guest. So I don't know if that was his signal. Yeah, there the was something funky this... going on on the board here. So, huh, yeah, That's I... funny because we were told that it wasn't us on the last guest that nobody could hear. We were told it was the guest. Listen. So now we have back-to-back guests of just not working? When we have people on, it is a crapshoot and you roll the dice. Uh, our phone system might hang up on them. We might not be able to hear them. We definitely sound like we're talking out of a, a, out of a toilet paper tube, and that's not enjoyable. Danny and Dusty were off the air yesterday <laughs> for like 40 minutes. Things are going great. I mean, it's, how many apology tweets are we going to send out as a station? S- hey, sorry sincere, about this. Sincere apologies. I, I just respond with a circus <laughs> gif now. <laughs> hey, coming up next, I want to read a couple thoughts. We were talking about the, the Tua and Herbert stuff. We had some thoughts roll in there. It is a big game this weekend. I'm glad they flexed it into Sunday Night Football. We're gonna, I want to read a couple thoughts on that. And then coming up at the top of the hour, I want to dive into college football. Is Oregon State the best bet of the entire bowl season? Because what's going on at Florida is not looking great right now there's also a, po- a player in the transfer portal that i mean he just there's a, there's one home from him and one home only and we'll get to that lots to get to in the final hour including uh ken barkley our buddy from you better you bet loaded don't go anywhere dirt and spray on 1080 well i always appreciate the feedback at the fan text line uh 503-250-1080 you guys are kind of our out there in the field engineers if you will 
I got to be honest. You said this. I think you're 100% right. It's it's not going to mean we won't do it, but I, I'm kind of to the point now where I just want to publicly announce this show. I don't even think we do guests anymore. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I just, it sounds weird. It doesn't. There's not good quality. We have people texting in saying they can't even hear the guests. Some people can. Some people can't. <laughs> we sound like we're at the bottom of a well during the interview. Somebody told me that on Monday our app, our HD signal, sound completely different than the AM signal. Yeah, well, and there's also, I, well, we don't have a full, like... Like, they it, all sound differently. Yeah, everything's not set up yet, but I know our levels have been frustrating to people, and I experience that as a listener, too, that, our, like, the levels of on-air programming can be different from the levels of commercials, and we're trying to figure that out, but it's just, hmm. there's, a lot, there's a lot. Somebody asked, better situation right now, the Denver Broncos or 1080 the fan tech support and equipment? Oh, it's got to be 1080 tech support. You think so? You think so? We still got it over the Broncos? Yeah, because we show up and still do our jobs. It's uh, you're not getting anything from Russell Wilson. Uh, Peyton Manning in 2013 uh-huh. had seven touchdown passes in their first game of the year. Russell Wilson through week 13 <laughs> has seven touchdown passes. I actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I was gonna dive in and see what the latest it took him to throw eight or nine touchdowns in his career was before this year. Like, are we talking like three weeks into the season and he's usually there? Because I'd imagine he got there pretty quickly, maybe outside of his first year in the league because he didn't have a ton of touchdowns as a rookie and he didn't really start to throw a ton until a couple of years after that. Yeah. But even then, I'd imagine by, you know, week seven, he's throwing a touchdown a week, give or take, and he's there. I mean, hell, we're almost to Christmas. The guy has, I mean, so you want to know how long, like, what's the longest it It's going to take a long seven? time. Yeah, you're going to have to go game log of every season I got and, it. and count them up. But I got I, it right here. I'll be curious what the number was. I did want to read. Somebody had texted in a good segment. I love the fact that you can have civil discussions and disagreements without devolving into hot takes. Thank you. That's what we pride ourselves in doing on this show. (laughs) Hot takes are stupid. They're dumb. And there's no black and white opinion on this. In 2020, he had nine in two weeks. Nine in two weeks, yeah. He had a good year the COVID year, man. They won the division. Week four in 2021 is when he passed uh, seven touchdowns. Week four in 2019, he passed seven touchdowns. I mean, imagine it's always the first month of the season. He's throwing a couple a week. Dude, it's uh, week five in 2018. Like, what week are we going into this week? 14, right? Week 14. Most people's 13th game. Yeah, week 14. Uh, This one, six, seven, eight. Yeah, I mean, it's roughly like four or five weeks at the latest so far, and I'm on 2017. Yeah, outside of maybe his rookie year, I'd imagine, is the one that could have taken him a little bit longer because they ran the ball a ton. They were a lot of running. Yeah. Yeah, um, 2016, he had, uh, he had five touchdowns through six games. And then he got two more, so he got yeah. So it took him like that that uh, that one so far till November seventh <laughs> is when he passed seven touchdowns. Imagine telling people before the year we'd be in week fourteen and Russell Wilson wouldn't have ten touchdowns and he didn't get hurt. Uh, somebody texted in, and I, I think this is a valid point on the Herbert thing. He, uh, somebody texted in and said, "I think people are just annoyed with the Chargers and Herbert always being anointed as great, and they never do anything." And I I think sometimes lumping the two of them in can be a little misleading. Like Herbert, I don't know. I don't know if he's one or two touchdowns away, but the only other quarterback in NFL history that has thrown 90 touchdown passes in their first three seasons in the NFL is Dan Marino. And I think Herbert is there or about to get there. Like that, he's he's at 89. Yeah, he came up like one short last week. So he's one touchdown away from becoming the second quarterback in NFL history to throw 90 touchdowns in their first three seasons. Like, to to me, I, I think the Chargers have been an overrated situation. I don't like lumping that in on Herbert, but I think a lot of the backlash and pushback against him has come from that. You, you know, the next one, the next great thing and all that. He's like, well, he hasn't won a playoff game yet, so you're going to get natural pushback uh, when that happens. I just think the tough thing for people is 
a lot of us locally have a vested interest in Justin Herbert and watching him succeed and him finally kind of being the duck quarterback since what Fouts to kind of break through and be drafted highly and play at that level. Mm -hmm. I think there's a little extra we're rooting for him vibe that's definitely real. And when you talk about Hurts to a Burrow and Herbert, I think there there's absolutely reasoning to why certain situations are working well. But what stops me is I, I just I don't want to take anything from Tua in his season. I don't want to take anything away from Jalen. Jalen Hurts going into the year. Nobody bought this dude as a franchise guy. This wasn't a show where we were gloating and, and ranting and raving about Jalen Hurts as a franchise quarterback. No. And the year he's had, you can say, well, they went and got him A.J. Brown. You know what? Justin got to start his career with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. <laughs> Those are better situations than Tua came into. Uh, Burrow didn't have Chase, I believe, in year one. He got him in year two. Like, yeah. They're just – everybody's dealt with a little bit of something. And by caping up for, I think, Herbert – I think in a way we're taking something away from the other guys, and I, I just don't think that's fair. I think Jalen's earned every bit of what he's had this year, and they added A.J. Brown to that, but they were in the playoffs last year when he they was were. the quarterback. They weren't great, but he at least got them to that point. And so it, it, it sucks to do. I don't want to take any of them down. I think you can acknowledge every situation's been unique and challenging and different at different parts of all their careers. Really successful NFL draft class so far for quarterbacks. You don't often have that. We're going through the Darnold, Baker, Mayfield. You know, Lamar's kind of the only guy left from that class. At Lawrence, Lance, Fields. Right, like that some class of these looks guys bad. are okay, but they're not great. <laughs> There's a lot of bad ones over the years, so it's good to have a good one where you got four guys that are playing at a high level. we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. Uh, we'll start with Ken Barkley, our buddy from You Better, You Bet. We'll talk to him about his gambling angles for the upcoming weekend. i got some college football notes. I want to get into some more MLB hot stove stuff. If it's going to be loaded, don't go anywhere. Dirt and spray. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 